Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. O Lord my God, Thou searchest me. My heart and mind are known to Thee. Nothing is hidden from thy eyes. When I sit down and when I rise, and from afar thou art discerning my thoughts and hopes, my secret yearning. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance family. Great to be with you. And as we start off our family conversation this morning, I'd like to invite Mary to be with us. Mary is, she's the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. We cry out to Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's pray to Mary the prayer that she loves most. That's the Hail Mary. <clears throat> Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And bless the fruit of thy Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's turn to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. The Holy Spirit is the paraclete. He's also known as the gift of gifts. He's also known as our sanctifier. The Holy Spirit also has as name. He's our counselor. And he's our consoler. St. Paul reminds us we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can see we can say Abba, Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's uh, turn to the Holy Spirit, begging the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light, a lot of peace, a lot of joy, and a lot of strength. As we say the prayer, that invites the Holy Spirit to be with us as our interior master. St. Paul says, we don't know how to pray as we ought. The Holy Spirit helps us. Let's ask him to be with us this very day, this very hour, this very moment. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. 
Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful, by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit, we may be truly wise, and ever rejoice in his consolation, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatia Leola, pray for us. St. Faustina, Pray for us. Blessed Miguel Pro, pray for us. Saint Columban, pray for us. Saint Clement, Saint Clement Pope, pray for us. All God's angels and all God's saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, my friends, I welcome you to our Perseverance family. And as always, I like to offer special prayers for all of you. And I'd like to place you on the altar so that when I lift up the chalice and lift up the host, I'll be lifting you up on high. to the heavenly throne. So the first of my intentions will be that in honor of three saints that we actually celebrate today, that all of us will strive to pursue a life of holiness. As Jesus says, be holy. Be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. St. Paul says, This is the will of your heavenly Father, your sanctification. So I pray that all of us would pursue seriously a life of dedication to God. We want to give ourselves fully and totally to Christ the King and Mary the Queen. That we can say, Que viva Cristo Rey, Que viva Maria, Que viva la Virgen de Guadalupe. And not simply with our words and our gestures, but also by the way we live. May our, may our lives reflect our love for Christ and our following of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We all try to move what are the major obstacles that prevent us from following Christ. Of course, it's sin. Let's name it, claim it, and tame it. The next intention will be, I'd like to pray for your family and your children. That your children and your teenagers would come to the conclusion even now that the purpose of their life is not simply to have fun and and to enjoy and experience life. Quite the contrary. That the purpose of our life is to get to heaven. We are here to know God to love God, to serve God in this life, so as to be happy with God forever in heaven. That's the purpose of our existence. Finally, my last intention will be 
that we would have this great yearning, great desire to grow in our prayer life. To be men and women of deep prayer. My catechetical reminder to all of us would be this. What I mentioned for you to teach your children to remind ourselves that our life has a a real purpose. The primary purpose of our life, my friends, is to glorify God. As St. Ignatius says, we're called to praise God. But to praise God in this life so that we can be happy with God forever in heaven. So calling to mind the fact that we are truly called to praise God in this life so that we can be with God forever in heaven. So my friends, let's uh, let's dedicate ourselves to a more serious life of prayer. Let's be faithful to our holy hour. I didn't say our happy hour, but I said dedicate ourselves to our holy hour. And by means of this to become holy as our Heavenly Father is holy. All right, today there's, uh, as always, a lot to cover. So we have actually three saints today. I'd like to focus on one. And we have, of course, our our Bible reading. And yesterday we started to read the book of the prophet Daniel. We follow up on that today. Then we have Daniel chapter 3, which is the responsorial psalm. We have Luke chapter 21, in which the people are contemplating the beauty of the temple. And Jesus makes a prophecy of the destruction of that temple. They're looking at the beauty of this beautiful stone's and the votive offerings, and Jesus says, one stone will not be left upon another stone, but it will all be torn down. Our Lord is making a prophecy of what will happen in the year 70, in which, under the emperor Titus, the temple of Jerusalem will be torn down. And that beautiful temple that was built, started to be built under the kingdom of Solomon would be leveled to the ground. We might even call it ground ground zero. But there are actually three saints that are celebrated today. Blessed Miguel Augustine Pro, and there is Saint Clement Pope, and then Saint Columban, an Irish monk. Those are Actually, three saints on one day. Given that many of you that are on our Facebook family come from Mexico or your parents come from Mexico, so they start to talk about Blessed Miguel Augustin Pro. He was beatified by Pope John Paul II in September 25, 1988. So I'd like to give you a thumbnail sketch of this great man of God and see how this man can apply to our own lives. I invite all of you to maybe call to mind the method that we've taught you to pray utilizing these steps. That would be to read, to try to memorize the basic content, 
What is the general meaning of the passage? What is the personal meaning for me? And then finally, what about the personal application? How can I, how can I apply How can I apply this to myself? How can I apply the Word of God to my own life? How can that be done? So, those are the points. Read, memorize, understand, personal understanding, then practical application. So let's uh, let's get to know, my friends, let's get to know this man, Blessed Miguel Augustine Pro. Let's get to know him. He was born in uh, Guadalupe, Mexico, Mexico City, January 13th, 1891. And he's going to die on November 23rd. He's going to die today. He's going to be martyred in front of the firing squad. 1927. So he's only going to live to be about 36 years of age. Relatively short life. And I think what we learn from a lot of the saints, it's not important a long life, but a holy life. It's not important uh, a short life, or a long life, but a holy life. Let's pray that we live our lives to the fullest. That we would not waste time, that we would make a concerted effort to do all we possibly can, all we possibly can to fall in love with God. So Miguel, Miguel Pro was uh, one of 11 children in a very devout Mexican family a prosperous, a, a somewhat rich family. Actually, his father was an engineer, a mining engineer, a mining engineer. A very devout family. Miguel Bro liked to joke around a lot. He liked to have fun. He liked to play practical jokes. So what do we know about his life? Is he had two older sisters that were very devout and they entered into religious life to become nuns. So after that he himself went in the year 1911 to become a Jesuit priest. So this would be when he was about 20 years of age. A year before that, Mexi uh, severe persecution broke out in Mexico. So around the year 1910. So he, when he was in the novitiate in Mexico... They broke into the novitiate and set the library on fire. So Miguel Pro had to flee. And Miguel dressed as a peasant because if he were dressed as a religious, they would kill him. The priests and religious could not dress in their clerical garb. So where does Miguel Pro go? Various places. He actually comes to California. 
And then he goes and he studies in Spain and Nicaragua and even in Belgium. And finally, in the year 1925, Miguel Pro is ordained a priest. Miguel always had to carry a cross. And even though he he was very joyful, he liked to joke, he carried heavy crosses his whole life. Miguel found it quite difficult to do his studies. And one of the reasons why was maybe not that he really lacked the intelligence, but Miguel always suffered from stomach problems. And eventually he would be he he would have an operation that would help him out at least to a limited time. His fellow Jesuits said of him he's a brother who's convinced that God wants him to become a saint that was the impression these fellow Jesuits were convinced that this man was convinced that he was called to become a saint when we start a conversation In our Perseverance family, I always start off with that point. That all of us would have a great desire to become saints and to put forth effort to arrive at that. So Miguel Pro will help us also in this area to pursue a true life of holiness. So already in 1925, he's ordained. He returns to Mexico City where he was brought up and raised in that area in 1926 because Miguel, he really loved God, but he loved his people. And he knew that his people were suffering very much. So he wanted to go there to help them. He helped out in many ways. He would try to give clothes and food to the poor. And as a priest, he would try to help them out spiritually. He was truly a spiritual father to these people. Now, just that you're aware of this, when he's living, when he's in Mexico now, there are two very powerful men in the political and military scene in Mexico. The president is the name a man named Plutarco Calles. And the chief, the chief general of the army is a, is a man named Obregón. And both of them, I've heard that Calles was a mason and an atheist. He wanted to destroy Catholicism in Mexico. In Spain, there's also this anti-Catholicism. Then also in Rome, you have the Masonics and who's living at this time is St. Maximilian Colby is living at the same time. It's Miguel Pro and Colby is fighting against the Masons. So it's interesting that Miguel Pro and Colby are living at the same time. as well as St. Faustina Kowalska will be living at the same time. John Paul II will be born when Miguel is going to die in 1927. John Paul II is born in 1920. 
Faustina will die in 1937. So they're all living at the same time, a cluster of great saints. So Calles and Obregón are violently opposed to Catholicism. So they're going to be making these laws that priests cannot dress as priests. The churches have to be closed. The priests cannot celebrate weddings. The priests cannot baptize. They cannot prepare children to make their first communion. The images in schools of religion should be eliminated. In other words, to turn Mexico into a secular state, almost like Cuba during the time of Fidel Castro. So Miguel Pro is returning to Mexico with that and that uh, spiritual milieu, this negative spiritual milieu. That's right. So he, he knows that there's going to be danger. He knows that there's going to be danger, but still he returns to his country knowing that there's going to be great danger. And I think anticipating that, yes, one day he would be a martyr. He's willing to suffer and die for love of God and for love of his religion and love for his country and his people. So, 1926, religion is basically prohibited in Mexico. So Miguel there in Mexico, when he's ministering to the people, visiting the poor, helping out the sick, he's saying mass in homes, in private, so that the government is not able to find him. And actually is disguising himself disguise himself as a businessman, as a mechanic, even as a beggar. He was disguising himself in these different disguises. On one occasion, one occasion, Miguel was walking down the streets of Mexico and the police were, the police were after him. And he turned the corner and he saw a woman that he knew and he winked at her. So he drew, drew close and held her arm and they both walked arm in arm as if they were lovers. And the police looked at them walking down the street, thought, well, these are husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend. Obviously, this is not going to be Miguel Pro. So he was pretty crafty. So he would go in homes and he would hear confessions. He would set up an altar in homes or maybe factories and celebrate Mass. He was able to celebrate Mass with a, like a clay vessel or a glass and then break it afterward. He was given permission to celebrate Mass very quickly so as to avoid the police apprehending him. Really an incredible man of God in knowing at all times that he was risking his life. Risking his life. Okay, so how did his life end? So no, November 13th, November 13th, there was 
an assassination attempt, and this is 1927, there's an assassination attempt on the president. Now this would happen. Is that Miguel Pro and his brother Umberto, they had a car that they sold to another person. So the person had the car that used to be Miguel and the family Miguel Pro. He threw a bomb outside the car where the president was another car in which the bomb almost killed the president. So the government, the police, trumped up charges saying that it was actually it was actually Miguel Pro was actually Miguel Pro that tried to kill the president Calles. So Miguel Pro was arrested with two of his brothers. They were thrown in jail. Very interesting was the fact that he was thrown in jail with no witnesses, no trial, trumped up charges against him. And even the man, even the man who tried to kill the president, he actually confessed that it was he that threw the bomb and not Miguel Pro. Even when he confessed this, they still decided that they wanted to kill and eliminate Miguel Pro. Because I think the, the, the government saw the real danger of this Miguel Pro in turning the people more and more toward God. And all of you are aware of probably the the movement of the Cristeros. You're probably aware of that. The movement of Cristeros that oppose their government. And they set up an army against the government and they would not obey the government and they would fight for freedom, but especially to fight for freedom of religion. So here we have the end of the life of Miguel Pro. He's incarcerated with two of his brothers. No trial. The man who really tried to attempt to kill the president comes forth. And Miguel is condemned to death. Now this is how it came. This is how he, he. This is how he ended his life. What a beautiful, what a beautiful testimony this great Jesuit martyr gives to Mexico as well as to the whole world. What a beautiful testimony he gives. So what we have here is this great man of God who's about to die. He's being led to die. The executioner has tears in his eyes. He begs Miguel Pro to forgive him. Miguel Pro, what did he do? So this man who's forced by the government to kill Miguel Pro, aware of his innocence, aware of his holiness, aware of his goodness. Miguel Pro goes and he actually he he, he places his arms around this man 
and he says not only not only not only do you have my forgiveness but also my thanks And then Miguel also, in a very soft voice, told the members of the firing squad, may God forgive you all. So he forgives that executioner and the firing squad, may God forgive you all. You see this man of faith, Miguel Pro. He believes in God. He loves our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's filled with the gift of fortitude. He loves his people. But also Miguel Pro, he knows that martyrdom is one of the best ways to show our love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Martyrdom. He knows that. And Miguel Pro also knows that his dying a martyr, he will go right to heaven to be with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He knows that. A moment of suffering and eternal glory with the Lord. In the readings on the Magnificat, we actually have a a prayer of Miguel Pro. It's a beautiful prayer. He's basically praying for the grace to carry the cross, to be willing to suffer with Christ, to imitate Christ in his suffering. To have great fervor and love for the sacred heart of Jesus. Indeed, if you have the Magnificat, the, the commentary is taken from a prayer of Miguel Pro. It's very, very, very beautiful. And it's very, very inspiring. These... Uh, written words of Miguel Pro which come from his very heart. So how does it end? How does it end? In this way. He's taken to the firing squad and they offer him a blindfold so he did not have to see the the rifles being lifted up. But he purposely denied the blindfold. But he did ask for this. Miguel Pro asked for some silence, uh, some moments of silence so that he could prepare himself for this last moment of his life by giving himself to God. In other words, his last prayers. So they gave him some moments of silence, no blindfold. And Miguel Pro went with his two hands. In one hand, he had a small crucifix, small cross. The other hand, he had his rosary. So the very end of his life with the cross in one hand and the rosary in his other hand. Here we have it. The cross and the rosary. Miguel Crow lifts up his arms in the form of a cross and he says, he says, Que viva Cristo Rey. Que viva Cristo Rey. So lift up there. 
guns and they shoot and they kill Miguel Pro. And his soul takes up for heaven. One of the most glorious Mexican martyrs is Blessed Miguel Pro. His younger brother was killed and the criminal that really did it, he was killed also. Miguel Pro's brother was set free. Now, the government forbade a public funeral. Even though they forbade the public funeral, thousands upon thousands of people showed up for the funeral of Blessed Miguel Pro. No one could prevent these men and women and children to come to honor one of their greatest men. And his name is Blessed Miguel Pro. Given that we're talking about this topic of the death of Miguel Pro, we might as well talk about another great saint that died in the same context. This is one of the youngest Mexican martyrs, and his name is Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio. Invite all of you to maybe see the movie of the Cristeros. It's a great movie. But some of the details in the life of this saint, he was a teenager when he died. We have a statue in our catechetical building that was brought from Mexico from a priest, a Mexican priest from Sawaya, Michoacan. Who was this boy, Blessed Miguel, uh, rather Jose Sanchez de Rio? Who was this? Well, he lived at the time in Miguel Pro. As a child, he was very prayerful and fervent. So the war broke up, and the Cristera movement was 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 growing in strength. This little boy, teenager, wanted to become part of the army. And he offered his service to the army, but because of his youth, he was rejected more than once. He didn't give up. So Jose, Joselito, they called him, finally was able to enter into an army in which he would basically be there to help out behind the scene in the kitchen to provide for the material needs of the soldiers because he's just a kid. And you see in the movie, the, the boy had a, had a horse. And the horse of one of the soldiers was, was killed and he actually offered his horse. He offered his horse to the, to one of the soldiers and the, Cristero's army. And Miguel would pray with them. He would pray with them and for them for their victory. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. But one of the key moments in the movie of the Cristero's is that 
Joselito is eventually going to be captured. And he's going to be incarcerated actually in um, in a place in Michoacan in a home. And unfortunately his padrino gave in to the government and went with the government. And Jose is in the house and very interesting note in the life of this Mexican saint is that they would bring a basket of food for him. And hidden in that basket of food, this is a key point that gave him strength. Hidden in the basket of food was a consecrated host. That's right. A consecrated host, and that consecrated host gave this teenage boy strength. Gave him, gave him strength. So a few events led up to the martyrdom of Joselito, Sanchez del Rios. One of the things it brought on was that his godfather had as a hobby, in Spanish it's called Gallinas de Pelea. Where the rooster fights. So, in the church of Santiago Apostol in uh, Sawai, Michoacan, his uncle, Padrino, had these chickens, these roosters. And Jose, who loved God so much, and he loved the house of God. He could not put up with this. Remember the other day in the gospel we have Jesus entering to Jerusalem and they turn his father's house into a den of thieves. It, turned, it was turned into a marketplace. And Jesus made a whip of cords he overturned their tables. He said, get out of the temple. Get out of this. My father's house will be a house of prayer. And you're turning it into a den of thieves. My father's house will be a house of prayer. You're turning it into a den of thieves. And he overturned their tables. And their money was scattered. So zeal for the house of God consumes me. The same thing Joselito experienced. Seeing the house of God, the church, being filled with these, these roosters and chickens, he actually wrung some of their necks and killed them. So when his padrino comes, he sees many of his prize Gallinas de Pelea, which he actually got from Canada as a very expensive hobby, seeing a lot of them strangled and dead, he was infuriated. So we had Joselito punished. I've heard and read that they actually had him hung from the roof with his fingers. And with knives, slashed his feet. In the movie, if you if you saw the movie, it's a strong movie. Strong movie, but you see the real courage of this boy. You see, they're trying to convince him to 
give in to the government and to renounce his Catholic faith. There's a very strong scene where he's there and they have these knives in which they're about to cut his feet. And he's saying, Lord, give me strength. Lord, give me strength. Lord, give me courage. Lord, give me strength. Lord, give me strength. Lord, give me courage. So they actually, they, they slice his feet with these knives. And he suffers very much, but he, but he endures this for love of Christ the King. And no matter how hard they try to convince him to renounce his faith, Joselito, like Miguel Pro and the other Mexican martyrs, is all the stronger in his commitment to give himself totally to Christ the King and to Our Lady of Guadalupe. So the moment of his death has arrived and he's made to walk to the cemetery barefooted on, on salt, I've heard. Imagine the pain that must have caused him to walk barefooted with his feet slashed and even on salt, which would make it burn all the more. As Joselito is heading to the cemetery, as he's heading to the cemetery, they try to get him to renounce. And they try to get him to curse Christ the King. And he cries out, Que viva Cristo Rey. Que viva la Virgen de Guadalupe. Que viva Cristo Rey. You know what happens? They take machetes and they actually cut him. On the way to the cemetery. Don't forget. This would be a teenager in our confirmation program. He's a teenager. But he's filled with God. And he eventually rise at the cemetery. Once again, they try to get him to renounce his Catholic faith. But all the more, he cries out, Que viva Cristo Rey. Very interesting biographical note is that he's writing a letter to his mother way before this, knowing that he will be a martyr. And saying to his mother that he will see his mother in heaven. The movie actually shows his mom and dad present there where he has to walk to the cemetery. He has to walk to the cemetery. There he will be executed. He'll be put to death. They try to convince him once more, but he's not going to give in. So there he is in the cemetery. They basically have his cemetery place ready for him. He doesn't give in. He cries out, Que viva Cristo Rey. Que viva la Virgen de Guadalupe. So they take a gun. And they shoot this teenager, Joselito, in the head, in the temple. And he lies down on the ground and his blood, the blood comes gushing forth from his head. He's still alive and he's bathing the earth. 
Joselito takes his thumb, his finger, with his own blood. With his own blood, he makes the sign of the cross in the dirt with his own very blood. Then Joselito, he breathes forth his spirit into the hands of the Lord and he dies. My friends, my friends in Jesus and Mary, We've had a good conversation this morning, but a, a very serious conversation in this sense. That the two people we've talked about today, Blessed Miguel Augustine Pro, whose feast day is November 23rd every year, was beatified by Pope John Paul II. September 25th, 1988. It's a model for us. And Joselita Sanchez de Rio is a model for us also. And we should pray to them. They are part of our perseverance family. We should really pray to them. They indeed are part of our Perseverance family. And I would say for many intentions, but especially for two intentions. One intention, in an honor of Miguel Pro, let's pray for the church Let's pray for priests. Let's pray for bishops. For the sanctification of priests and bishops, that they would truly be spiritual shepherds to their flock and have courage. That priests and bishops would have a great love for God a great, great love for the church, a great love for truth, a great hunger and thirst for heaven, that priests and bishops would give good example to the people, as did Miguel Pro, such that thousands and thousands and thousands of people came to his funeral, even though the government forbade, prohibited that. Must have priests and bishops that are giving good example to the people today, now more than ever. And then the powerful example of Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio in this sense. The young people today in our world have many challenges many challenges that are pulling them away from God, which are young people are losing their innocence at a younger and younger age. Joselitos is a model for our confirmation children. He's a model for them. Because he preferred to die rather than to deny his Catholic faith. And he suffered a lot with machetes and then eventually being shot in his head. But he loved Christ the King and he loved Mary as Queen. So hopefully Miguel Pro, Joselito, Sancho de Rio, they will become our friends. We'll be able to proclaim with our lips but with our lives. Que viva Cristo Rey.
Que viva Cristo Rey. Que viva la Virgen de Guadalupe. Que viva, que viva, que viva. The Lord be with you. The intercession of Miguel Pro and Joselito Sancho de Rio and the Cristera Martyrs. May God bless all of you in a very special way today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.